Hello there, and welcome back to episode 17 of Inside the Vault, a Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Smith. This podcast uh, brought to you today by the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, and you can follow us on Twitter at kppounding underscore FSSM. And this podcast also powered by the Fans First Sports Network, and you can follow them on Twitter at Fans First sn please rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast into the tobacco radio sports youtube channel at youtube.com forward slash tobacco radio well my latest guest today here on inside the vault she is a host of charlotte sports live covering panthers hornets nascar and more follow her on twitter at carla gabehart and on instagram at carla metz or sorry c metz 91 she is carla gabehart carla how are you I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's so good to have you on. Let's um, first. I just want to take a moment. Let's uh, let's breathe. We have yeah. won. <laughs> We're one in six, but we have won a game. Let's soak it in. It is so amazing. Uh, to I, I think fans are so excited that we finally won a game. A win is a win. It, it just feels so good. So I'll start off with a with a serve uh, um, a curveball for you. What does this win mean for the Panthers? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think uh, maybe a lot of us didn't really realize how badly they needed this win. I mean, I think just the the vibe in the city around the, the Panthers organization right now is so much um, happier, more positive this week. And just, yeah. you know, when you go eight weeks, you know, considering the bye week as well, um, without a win and you have to sit on that for a while, you just don't really understand what that does to your to your franchise, to the hope that fans have. Um, and so it certainly means a lot. Um, I was happy to hear, you know, through the lo- the Panthers locker room this week that the guys were pretty quick to, you know, celebrate this win, but to kind of put it behind them, right? Because you're, like you said, you know, still only one win on the season. We're going into week nine. And, and so you have to build off of this because if you get right back in a slump, this week against the Colts or the following week after that, then it's going to be the same narrative that we had really to start this season. So it was um, a much needed win, a big boost. I think it was yeah. a boost uh, for for the confidence of the team, really, because it really did take all three phases of the game for them to get this win. Um, so, yeah, I think it means a lot, but they're going to have to keep going and they've got to get some more wins under their belt. If they could put together a little streak, um, I think we would all feel a lot better about the the way the season, you know, is starting to trend, at least right now. Yeah. Um, we'll obviously get to the Colts game, which is on Sunday. Um, but what are some of that op- some of those observations from this game against the Texans that uh, you can take as a positive going into next week's game and, and the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of what a lot of people have really kind of talked about after this game. Certainly the offensive line needs to improve, but I thought that um, it was good to see Bryce Young um, not only under duress and, and able to make some plays when he was uh, experiencing a lot of pressure. I mean, six sacks in one game, that's a lot for a rookie quarterback uh, of his size to have to take. Sure. Um, and, but to, to see him, you know, I feel like they gave him a little bit more freedom. Um, you know, he was scrambling a little bit more, um, making some some different throws. They, they were like in the pistol a little bit, a little bit less of the shotgun. And so there was a, a mixture, I think, that from that is from Thomas Brown this week. Um, and so, yeah, it was good to see Bryce Young have such a good game despite, you know, maybe some some 
the of the lacking around him, whether it's the wide receiver room or the offensive line. Um, certainly they're still figuring out some things on the tight end as well. But to see him really outperform C.J. Stroud, I know that was kind of outside of what everybody was looking at um, outside of the, the win or loss. But to see which rookie quarterback was going to do um, well, I just it was good to to see him perform the way that he did. Uh, depending on when your uh, fans are listening to this, uh, today is the trade deadline. Uh, it came and went. Right. Uh, we did not have any uh, players traded, nor did we trade for a player. Um, talk about what that means going forward for this team as we had no transactions on Mint Street. Yeah, and I think um, this is really not surprising to a lot of people. I kind of thought, especially after we heard from Coach Frank Reich, um, it would have been on Monday of this week that he and Scott Federer were kind of having some conversations um, about possibly taking some phone calls from some different teams. Um, it maybe sounded like maybe there was something in the works there, um, but, you know, I think we all thought that they were probably not going to make a trade um, just because if you're looking at things, I mean, they don't have a lot of players that they could trade back in to get into the first round, which is really what they needed to do if they were going to look to trade somebody. And it didn't sound like this week that they were going to do anything with Brian Burns either. Um, it sounds like he wants to stay in Carolina, um, which is a good thing for this Panthers fan base, especially as Absolutely. they've, you yeah. know, we're really not really sure what the contract negotiations, what that kind of looked like on the Panther side or for Brian Burns agent. Um, but yeah, it, it is uh, different. It just means, you know, that they're, they're not going to make a trade and that they're going to stick with this roster that they have um, until the remainder of the season, barring something, you know, crazy happens, but um, yeah, they're sticking with their roster and they're going with the guys that they have. And that's kind of what Coach Frank Reich has said all along, that he was happy with the roster that they had. Um, again, certainly you would like to see them get back into that first round in some capacity, but they'll have some time to do that after the season. Um, you mentioned the offensive line having shown some improvement. Um, we got Austin Corbett back this week. We'll get into some of the injuries a little bit later, but um, it's no secret that uh, Icky Aquanu is having a sophomore slump. It seems um, I, I you, I've seen uh, people say that we should move him to guard um, Brady Christensen, take him at left tackle when he returns next year. Um, I, I think Icky just has to get through this. And I think he has to come out the other side and show that he is that uh, first overall top 10 draft pick that he is. Um, what's your thoughts on, on Icky and his performance going forward? Yeah, it's, de it's definitely lacking, especially, you know, when he's the first round pick of last year's draft, um, you have high expectations for him. He did have some growing pains in his rookie season. If you kind of remember back, there were a lot of criticisms early on. Um, he kind of figured out his footing, but a lot of that did, I think, happen because the offensive line figured out their footing as well as we got, you know, a couple of games into the season and then they were able to kind of stay with the lineup that they had, um, which was a lot of, you know, veteran guys. And so certainly um, Coach Frank Reich did mention Icky this week. And obviously I think they're, you know, he's definitely had some difficult plays, which is kind of the way that Coach Frank Reich phrased that. Um, some other things that have been maybe a little bit more out of his control, but again, I mean, this is yeah your your left tackle and you and the guy that has one of the most important positions on the offense when it comes to Bryce Young's success um and he is young and he is going to have to play through this and he is going to have to figure it out i think the good thing is is they do have coach James Campen who's been all across the league and he's helped in players and 
and and the de development there as well. You do have Austin Corbett back, and, and and you know you kind of wonder what this offensive line lo would look like if Brady Christensen had not gone down, if Austin Corbett had been here to start this season. Kind of how that veteran presence on the line would be affecting Icky, right? So he's kind yeah. of had to take on the, a lot of the responsibility, um, you know, as Bradley Bozeman at center, and um, yeah, some of the other guys. I mean, the other guys, honestly, the rest of the the line has been in rotation pretty much the whole season as well and so they haven't had that consistency um Icky is your left tackle and so a lot of eyes are going on him right now so um there's much to be improved on his end um and I think a lot of it you know we've seen him make a lot of the mental mistakes uh you think about him just being in his second year in the league um and so he's gonna figure it out I think he will eventually do that he's a good enough player he's a high enough caliber player um but it, it takes staying committed to um, you know, they like saying staying committed to the process, staying committed at practice and making sure that you're, you know, on top of your stuff, especially when all eyes are on you. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's just going to have to figure this out as he goes. And it might be, you know, just another rough season under his belt. But a lot of players learn from from that rough start. Like you said, that's so true. Um, on defense, uh, there is a lot of injuries. That's obviously well established, as we know. Um, it seemed this past week, at least tackling was an issue multiple times in the backfield. There was a, a run stopped for no gain. And then all of a sudden the tackler would run for a few extra yards. Um, but the run D as a whole was better this week. They didn't allow um 75 yard rusher uh, this week, uh, as opposed to some of the previous games. So um, on defense, what do you want to kind of see going forward? Um, even with the injuries and getting some guys back on that side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, I think injuries, it's been a plague really through the, for through all of the all sides of the Panthers team, really. But uh, defense specifically, the run defense did look a little bit better, which was good to see. Um, Ajira Vera, very smart defensive coordinator. And I think, you know, I think it does based on like who they're going up against. So this weekend, you know, it's going to be different when you're going up against the Colts with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Um as they're running back. And so I think the defense is going to be looking a little bit different. Um, but the, you know, despite so many injuries in the secondary, I mean, they've been able to, you know, kind of keep things together there as well. Um, honestly, though, I mean, gosh, just things that you like, you love to see Frankie Louvu and what he's yeah. been doing. I mean, he's put together such a dynamic um, game against the Texans and really, um, such a spark on that side of the ball. You think about guys not having guys like Shaq Thompson, who I know is, you know, what in his ninth season yeah. or what would have been his ninth season. Um, when you don't have a communicator like that out there on the field, um, kind of directing traffic, which they haven't had him right since he um, left. And, and so to have guys like Frankie Louvu, who can not only be that communicator, but to also have these monster plays and, and um, you know, really make a statement on that side of the ball. So, yeah, I, I think I think the defense is finding their own despite the injuries, and that's a, a good thing. And, and that's what happens when you have um, a smart defensive coordinator like Ajiro Vero in charge. Yeah. Um, before we get into the Colts game, just a couple of um, player specific questions. Um, Chuba and Miles Sanders, um, we saw a little bit of a committee uh, during this game against the Texans, and then you had Raheem Blackshear who. <laughs> 107 kick your turn yards uh, off three kickoff returns, 35 yards uh, per um, average. I just, at least this is my opinion. The fact that we have not seen Blackshear more often this season is criminal in my opinion, but you know, 
I'll digress. Um, what is your thoughts on the running back uh, room going forward? Um, will we see more of a committee approach? Will Blackshear just be in the return game, or will he start to get some of these out of the backfield carries or even screenplays that I think he can excel at in this offense? I mean, from what we've heard from the coaching staff this week, it's going to be whoever steps up to the plate and whoever steps up to the call. And, I mean, you've got, gosh, you've got Thomas Brown as the offensive coordinator, who, of course, a former running back, um, Deuce Staley as well. They're going to be looking at these guys and whoever is hungry enough. And I think that is – been uh, the cream always rises to the top and that's been the case for Chuba Hubbard for sure um, I always look at Chuba and think about how many years that he spent behind Christian McCaffrey learning and I think when you watch him um, especially uh, you know yards after carry the yards that he was able to pick up after impact um, he's just a very forceful downhill runner um, and he's just had more success than Miles Sanders he's a little bit bigger of a body than Miles Sanders and certainly Miles has been dealing with his own injuries and so I think that does kind of come into play and so you try not to be you know too harsh on it um but when you pay somebody to come here and to do a job I mean certainly I think these all are are questions that you would have for Scott Fitter right and and the decisions that they made to bring these guys in on these these deals that were you know pretty pretty lofty especially considering the way that the running back um just the the atmosphere was in, in the league going into the preseason. And so um, it's a definitely a disappointment not to see much more out of Miles Sanders. I mean, I think he only had, what, like two carries yeah. um, in this past game against the Texans. And, and, and granted, they only had 44 yards rushing total, um, but a lot of that did come from Chuba Hubbard. As far as Raheem Blackshear, I am so pro Raheem Blackshear. Um, you can just tell he wants to be out on the field. He wants to do a good job, whether it's on special teams, whether he gets the ball. I mean, yeah, he picked up a couple of great catches in that game. And it really, when I went back and looked at his stats after the game, I thought, gosh, I thought he had more production than he did. But it's just because every time he was out on the field and he was given the ball, he really made a statement. And a lot of the fans, I think, probably took notice in that. It definitely comes um, some more questions for the coaching room on why he was a healthy scratch for so long. And, and that's kind of to your point that you brought up earlier. Um, I definitely have some questions there. I would love to see Raheem get into the game more. Um, and I think Chuba Hubbard, I think he is your um, he's your running. He's, you know, you're running back. And so um, Miles Sanders, the I guess we'll we'll see we'll see how yeah. the game plan goes for for each team and the way that they want to to use him but just running um through the middle for him has just not been successful this season I mean it has gone absolutely nowhere it's really not gone anywhere for anybody that's gone um up the middle and so um, yeah, they've got to figure out some things because this is not a Carolina team that we are used to seeing with 44 rushing yards. That's like probably a low for yeah. I don't even know how long um, looking back. Yeah. Um, but if you want to to be a physical team and when you don't have a lot of dominant, um, talented stars, you need to have a good run game. And so if they want to win some more games, they're definitely going to have to figure that out. And that's going to be up to Thomas Brown, too. And I think that's probably something if he's looking over the film that he's got to he's got to figure out and figure out a way to to get that run game going, whether. Yeah. In, in any way possible. Yeah. Um, last one. And then we'll get into the Colts game uh, for a little bit. Um, Panthers got Xavier Woods and Austin Corbett back this week. Um, injuries wise, um, 
Do you think Von Bell comes back this week? Uh, JC Horn he was mentioned as a minute or two last week by a coach right before he gets back. Um, I know I'm missing a few other guys probably, but those are the main two I know on, at least on defense. Um, who do you think they might get back this week or if any? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't like to speculate too much on injuries sure. just because they don't, they don't even let us know um, in the locker room or, you know, during these press conferences until they are for sure, you know, I saw Von Bell, um, and J.C. Horn both in the locker room this week. They look good. I mean, I think they're probably trending well. I think it's just depending on um, how they're game planning for these opponents and how, you know, especially with like J.C. Horn, I don't think you want to push him too much um, based off like his history of injuries. And so you want to make sure that he's back 100%. I think, I mean, I would think that Von Bell is probably trending that way, but um I don't know, some of these softer tissue injuries, it just, it takes a little bit of time. And so, yeah, you'd like to see them get some more depth back, especially um, in the backfield. I think you definitely felt the presence that Von Bell wasn't back there this week. Um, and so it would be good to, good to have him back. But again, I'm sure we won't know until a little bit later this week with those. Yeah. Let's get into it now. I, I, I waited long enough. Um, <laughs> Colts Panthers next this week on Sunday. Um I don't think I have to um, say this very um, jokingly. This is a big game for Frank Reich. Uh, <laughs> what does this game mean to him? Uh, part one. And then part two, um, what are you looking for as your keys on offense and defense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to be a big a big game for him. I'm sure a lot of emotions uh, running through him, whether or not he's going to admit that or not, because I don't think he is really – a coach that probably spends too much time um, digressing and looking back and stuff. But listen, when you when you coached a former team, you certainly know some of the players, you know, the staff, you know, the owners, all of that um, kind of the way that it ended for him. And so, yeah, it's a big game, I think, personally for him, um, but also <clears throat> personally for him and just the way that we, we are continuing to view this coaching staff. Right. They brought in all these new coaches, all these new players were thinking, when is it going to gel? When is it going to actually work? We saw a, a successful win. It was, you know, maybe not the prettiest win, but it was a win yep. this past weekend. If they can build on that against a team like the Colts, who, you know, I think from a, the outside perspective, you're looking at a lot of really a lot of the rest of the Panthers schedule and you feel pretty good about their chances. Right. You're looking at the Colts going, this is definitely a winnable game. You don't have Anthony Richardson um, to worry about, not that he was necessarily a huge worry to begin with because he was a rookie as well, um, but he was, you know, pretty successful with what he was able to do with them through those first couple of games. Gardner Minshew um, has that veteran presence, um, but I think through four starts, I saw he has like nine turnovers or something crazy like that. And so um, for the defensive side of things, you certainly – this defense can score points and they can get takeaways. They can get to the quarterback. I think they have to do all of those things this weekend to um, add that pressure. Uh, I would love to see uh, another pick six of some sort and um, just yeah, get some absolutely. extra points yes. on the board. Um, not that the offense can't do that. They can, um, but it's more so of like having this defense add to that, right. And, and to, to, you know, give them that boost, um, with just yeah, just the way that the score kind of holds on to the the when the Panthers are leading, um, it usually bodes well for the rest of the team 
um, as it would for anybody. And so, yeah, uh, for defense, definitely looking for takeaways because I think you can get to this quarterback and you can slow them down and certainly make them force them into some errors. And so I think that's a big key on that side of the ball. And then as far as the offense is concerned, I mean, that what I'm trying to think the Colts have they've beaten the Eagles so that was like their really good win but they beat the Bears and yep. then I forget who else they've only they, got three they wins lost so the far Saints this, this past Sunday and uh that's right <clears throat> yeah and and certainly their secondary got cut up um with the Saint the New Orleans Saints this weekend which isn't really saying a whole lot if you're no, looking back at the film with that and so this is another opportunity for Bryce Young and I know a lot of people have been critical of the wide receivers and the weapons that he's had around them that he has you know that he just says he doesn't have a lot of big playmakers right outside of Adam Thielen and again we keep talking about Adam Thielen which is great but he's 33 years old he's a wide receiver um he has a little bit of a resurgence in his his career this year um but you can't build on the you can't build on players like that for the long haul and so um yeah just take advantage of that cut up their secondary um if we are going to be a passing team this weekend again like we were against the Texans um yeah I want to see again a little bit more creativity which we saw this past weekend um it's just an opportunity for them to go out and build on what that they on what they did this past week because it's a team that you can beat. And so you can try maybe a couple of things, stay disciplined, less mistakes, which is what we saw this past weekend too, less, a lot less penalties, um, which was good to see. So I think it's just another opportunity for them to get another win. And if they can, we all know that this is a winnable game, but if they can do that, it just helps with how you're viewing this team. And the narrative doesn't have to go back to, okay, well, these are, you know, we don't know what direction this franchise is going or where the coaching staff is taking this team. It's like, okay, we can see the the progress is making its small strides and hopefully with a, you know, a long goal endeavor um, that they want to get to by the end of the season. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, Carla, this has been such great insight. Um, just a, some, we'll go to the lightning round now and then get you out of here uh, with a prediction. Um, Brian Burns, we've talked about this on every podcast of Inside the Vault. If you've listened to any episode, um, you will know what I'm about to ask you. Um, the new <laughs> contract, uh, we know negotiations are paused uh, unless Brian Burns clearly said, unless it uh, something comes up that we might need to know. Um, right. What do you think happens? Um, do we slap the franchise tag on in this offseason um, or do we somehow get a long term deal done uh, prior to that time? I don't know if he's going to take anything but a long term deal. I mean, I think things have been offered in the past. Again, that's not anything that's been said more of just like speculation. But I think sure. if they would have. I think things have been talked about in the preseason and the offseason last year, and <clears throat> it's not going to get done unless both sides are, uh, you know, in agreement. And I, I think that there will be, I feel like there almost has to be right. Because they, right. Yeah. they didn't trade. They didn't take the, the two number one picks, excuse me, <laughs> um, for him. And so that, you know, again, that's like a gentleman's agreement that they're going to get a deal done later. Um, and then they didn't. And so, you know, I think for him to continue to play, um, he's been, you know, utmost respectful about all of those things, keeping it kind of under wraps, still playing well, still playing through an injury. I mean, he just played through an injury with the Texans with his elbow wrapped elbow. up yep. this past yep. week. Um, I really hope that they honor his, 
commitment to the franchise, his commitment, um, just the kind of player that he is um, and that they get a deal done. But I don't think to me, it doesn't sound like it's going to happen until yeah after the season, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, this next question, I, I started on my last episode and, and I hope my uh, listeners uh, um, mind my selfishness for a second. I, I just love this question. Um, what's one thing uh, as someone who has been around the team, you have some, some insight. What's one thing fans or followers of the Panthers, what are we not talking about enough? Uh, when it comes to this team, good, good or bad, what what are we not talking about enough? That's a good question. Um, and I'm just taking some time to think about that. Um, I think honestly, how really young they actually are. I mean, when you're looking at this roster, I know like we, like we've talked about that in the, in years past, um, certainly with a rookie quarterback, you're going to talk about it a little bit more, but this is a really young roster and a lot of, a lot of good players, but a lot of players that haven't been refined yet in the league, whether it's with their, you know, how they're approaching these games, how they're approaching their bodies, just a, a lot of different things. Um, and then I'm actually going to say, I mean, I know that the franchise has been, um, put under question. Um, but I think we just have to kind of re- reserve like our really harsh critics on the owners and the front office and everything yeah. until the end of the season. Like I, I just, I feel like it's you know, exhausting. Let me tell weekend, you. <laughs> yeah. Like even this past <clears throat> weekend, I thought, you know um, you know, they booed Roger Goodell. They booed the the Teppers when they were there and listen, I get it. And, and losing is not fun. It's not fun for anybody. Um, but it just felt um, it just didn't feel great, right? Even even considering the circumstances, even considering that was before they secured their first win of the season, um, you can be critical because the NFL is about winning and losing. It's also a business. And um, certainly, um, gosh, even this week, like the Teppers of they give they're doing stuff to get back to the community weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, I've been harsh on, on some of the, the management, um, things that have been said, but I think, uh, just to kind of hold, hold reservations a little bit longer and, and things will always work their way out. Um, I think there's a lot of smart people, um, behind all of these decisions, um, whether it's the coaching staff or, or the, the franchise itself, um, and it's hard to be patient. It's so hard. And it's hard when you're covering the team and yep. it's hard covering a team that's not winning. Trust me. I'd say that all the time. Nobody <laughs> wants this team to win more than the people that are having to write about it and talk about it and cover it. Like Sunday's game was amazing yeah. to be able to. Yeah, I know. To talk about. We get it. <laughs> yeah. To talk about it. a win. And so, yeah, I. um Yes, we can be critical because that's part of all of our jobs. People are going to be critical of my job even. Um, but yeah, I think let's just hold hold some reservations a little bit. And, and certainly when I mentioned the youth and how young this team is, um, I love seeing Bryce Young have the success that he did against the Texans because we've heard either people are so pro-Bryce or they think, oh, this was the worst decision ever and he's not going to, you know, and the whole time you're going, you can see it. You can see that there are some some positive things to hold on to. So yeah, I think Panthers nation just needs to hold on to the positive for a little bit longer. We've been through some tough seasons before. Um, You just have to, you have to grin and bear it a little bit and, and go easy on the people around too, because you just don't know. I mean, gosh, you just don't know um, what other people or the players 
or the coaches, um, the franchise owners, all those things. You just don't know what they're going through right now either. Yeah. Um, rest of the season, obviously wins and losses uh, aside, obviously wins would be great. 11 and six would be fantastic. I know that's what fans are thinking. They want that. We all want that. Obviously that would be outstanding, right. but you know, let's, uh, let's pump the brakes a little bit, but that's not what I'm going to ask. Um, Bryce Young's development obviously is a main a goal for the rest of the season, but um, what are some other things uh, quickly that you want to just see uh, as the rest of the season goes along wins or losses aside? Um, I think just more ownership in it. Right. I mean, sometimes like you talk to certain players in the locker room, some are taking great ownership of this. Um, others I think are waiting on the success to come. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you can kind of see the, the, um, the players come together and take ownership together, um, and you can feel that you can feel that in a locker room or when you're talking to these players, like where their heads at and like their headspace and stuff. And so, um, you definitely want to see more wins, um, but, but you can tell that by the brotherhood and by the way that they're, you know, constantly talking to each other um and, and and just again where their focus is and so I think you can that's kind of just what I look for whether I'm on the sidelines or you know how they're encouraging each other and just the ownership that they're taking into this because it's not fun yeah to go you know seven weeks and and not have a win um but you got to have ownership in that even if you're winless um, what is the number one thing um, that the Panthers need to do to be victorious on Sunday against the Colts and officially start a two-game winning streak? Uh, the number one thing. Boil it down to one thing. Yeah, what's the one, one yeah, thing? Yeah, I'm going to say, based off this past game, I'm going to say they can do what – uh, they can get away with some of the passing schemes that they got through, but I think they got to get over 75 yards on the ground at least, uh, at least. I mean, usually we like that hundred yard mark. That's a pretty safe one. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Thomas Brown and the way that he caught up that other one, I really don't know what to expect with this one either. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say you got to establish that ground game a little bit more, um, especially going against this Colts um, take off, take the time off the clock, um and, and just be efficient and mistake free. And uh do you, we come out with the victory, yes or no? I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, I'm going with the Panthers this week. <laughs> okay. Um, and then lastly, before we let you go, and as I said, uh um uh, my guest at the top, he uh she has been Carla Gebhardt. She's been so great with her time. Uh Carla, before we let you go, um, anything else you want to plug um on the podcast while we have you or anything else you want fans to know. Uh, either this week going into this game or just about the Panthers in general that um, you want to make sure is said. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I obviously we cover the Panthers on a daily basis on Queen City News on Fox Charlotte, um, Charlotte Sports Live every night from 11 to 1130. It starts at 1030 on Sunday. So we have like an hour post game wrap. So if you miss some of the game, um, certainly tune into Fox Charlotte on Sunday from 1030 to 1130. Um, If you catch us before the game on Sunday, that's Black and Blue Kickoff Live starting at 10 a.m. on Fox Fox Charlotte, and we'll be previewing the game. Obviously, we have player interviews. Um, I believe we are sitting down with Thomas Brown this week, Um, so that'll be a pretty big interview, as well as DJ Johnson um, and some some other players as well that have maybe kind of stepped up a little bit here as of late, especially with all these injuries. 
Um, so yeah, just be sure to to tune in and, and to watch us. And, and certainly we love uh, to cover the Panthers um, more than anything. And again, we like to cover these wins too. So hopefully build on that this weekend. Well, that seems like a great place to end it. Uh, Carla Gebhardt has been my guest today. Carla, thank you for your time and coming here on Inside the Vault. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. And that will wrap up this edition of Inside the Vault, uh, Carolina Panthers podcast episode number 17. And uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And we will see you next time.